0: Hello and welcome to the Lincolnshire LMC Hot Topics podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It's uh, Lucy Doddington Boys. I'm a GP at Lincolnshire LMC. Um, and welcome back to the second of our series on time management with the Workwell Doctors, Dr. Alexander Lai and Nirja Joshi, two GPs with a wealth of experience in supporting NHS staff united through a recognition and mutual understanding uh, for the importance of valuing the emotional and physical well-being of our healthcare professionals. Today we will be covering how to prioritise tasks, delegation and assertiveness, work dumping and boundary setting, preparation and proactivity. So guys, given that we know we have so many tasks to do in our week, how do we prioritise it all?
1: So. I wondered how many of you had heard of the Eisenhower matrix. Do you write to-do lists? um, And do you find that they can often be lengthy and difficult to interpret? You're picking off random tasks to do and just ticking them off. So what we suggest is that you consider using a prioritization grid where you label the boxes. So the top left-hand corner would be important and urgent. The top right would be uh, important and not urgent and so and so forth, the the third box would be important, not urgent. And then the last one would be not important, not urgent. And then put your tasks into this prioritization grid. And this allows you to see your tasks in the order in which you should prioritize them. Because what we find is that often, when we are not in the right frame of mind, we'll often do the, the less urgent, less important tasks first. Um, And we end up making people more stressed um, because we'll leave tasks until the last minute, which suddenly makes them more urgent and more stressful. In actual fact, it's always obviously important to tackle the urgent and important tasks first, um, but also consider what activities have ended up in your not urgent and not important box. Because throughout our workshops with healthcare professionals, we've found that people tend to put things such as family time or uh, exercise time, things that uh, are important for your well-being in the long run as unimportant and not urgent. And actually, these activities are generally the most valuable for your self-care to help prevent burnout and often the areas that are most neglected. So when you complete your own prioritization grid, think about reframing what the word important means to you. Because... As busy healthcare professionals, taking time for yourself and dedicating quality time to the things which are important to you and improve your quality of life is going to help you to be a more empathetic and caring doctor. And we need to remember that we are trying to do the best for our patients. And so we need to look after ourselves.
0: You mentioned last time how a common pitfall is trying to do everything ourselves. So what solutions would you recommend to resolve this?
2: So delegation is a great idea to help with kind of time management within a team and manage your tasks but it doesn't always work and it's important to consider why delegation might not work. So consider the task at hand and consider who you're delegating it to. Do they know the patient? Are they the appropriate person with the appropriate skill set? Do they have the time or are you overloading them when they're also busy? It's difficult to consider all of these things all of the time but it's important to not give a task to someone who isn't prepared for it and the whole task can end up taking longer so for example yesterday a gp asked a healthcare assistant to do a blood sugar on a patient whilst the patient was in the building they didn't say what to do with the result they didn't say what to do with the patient afterwards whether to communicate the result back these things are all really important how do we want to close the loop of the task so for me I find the the best thing to do is to be very specific when delegating so if don't delegate things in a very vague way because it makes it more hard for the person to action at the end so think about a task that you might receive that might be better done by a different member of member of staff and when you forward the task think about making sure that it's got the appropriate patient details the background i really really enjoy adding why i'm giving the task to that person and why i'm not able to do it myself because that really helps to frame the person's perspective on why that's being landed in their inbox and why you haven't done it so for example you might say my clinic is fully booked today i noticed that you had a spare slot and i thought that this might be useful because you've spoken to the patient before that gives the person some incentive to do what they're doing but also it's really important to talk about the outcome so how do you want to frame the end of that conversation so you're asking someone to take a blood pressure what values are you expecting do you want them to email it back to you do you want them to code it in the notes if the value is above a certain number do you want them to action and speak to someone on the day so be really specific and then you'll realize that the delegation is a lot more uh, efficient because what ends up happening otherwise people will send you a task they won't realize that it's urgent at all they don't get the urgency of it or they don't know what to do with the results and it will then end up back in your inbox so although you think you're delegating the task will end up taking you more time overall so take home for delegation is be specific, right person, right time, right task.
0: So work dumping is a common phrase used in healthcare and although delegation is important, it's important to know when delegation is not appropriate. Um, So you know, will this task take longer for you to delegate than to do yourself? What do you think about that?
2: So I think we've all had examples within our workplace where we felt like work has landed in our laps that shouldn't necessarily have been there and I think the most important thing is to so for me that example was when I felt patients were being inappropriately booked into my clinic and I ended up having a conversation regarding this but what I didn't understand is why that task was being given to me and that's why I didn't respond to it very well so it's important to know that The communication with the person that you're delegating a task to is so important otherwise they can end up feeling resentful in an already burnt out and stressed situation so if you're giving something to another clinician think about
1: why and ensure there is a mutual understanding by creating again a time and a space to communicate that despite the less overlap and the corridor conversations Um, so within that example uh, Dr Joshi told me that actually they've set up a salaried GP uh, specific time to have a lunch over zoom together so that people understand because they're not seeing each other every day and to be able to discuss that so that there isn't a built-up resentment and so that we focus on team well-being to maintain empathy
0: what can we do to mitigate examples sort of such as this that we, we talked about before
1: so a key aspect of time management within a practice is boundary setting um, and learning to say no and using assertiveness to speak up when there is an issue and a culture of openness. So people who are more assertive are less stressed themselves. They have the ability to solve problems better and influence people. So just like when we use the LMC workforce template uh, and mad alerts to push back against secondary care, it's about ensuring we protect ourselves and our colleagues in general practice in the long run. Often it can feel more time intensive, but there is a clear procedure and a communal appreciation of the importance, then we can all ensure GP time is protected and it will be worth the effort. So if you are experiencing any strain with colleagues or seniors or juniors where it is unmanageable or you need to maintain your boundaries, uh, there are some strategies you can use, such as scripting. So, it, you know, we've done workshops for GP trainees who, who felt uncomfortable about raising an issue. And that's not what we want. You know, we want everyone to be able to discuss things openly. But it helps to script things. So working out what you'd like to say in advance, practice it um, and discuss it with a peer or a colleague. Buy yourself some time. So not all conversations and requests need an immediate response. So it goes back to, again, that those sort of smart objectives. So if possible, ask the person if you can get back to them when you've had a chance to think about it or vice versa. Specify to the person when you send an email, this isn't urgent or um, it would be nice if you could reply within seven days time because that's when my pension forms are due, X, Y, Z and it helps others know where they can categorize that into their, for example, prioritization grid. Thirdly, learning how to say no. So saying yes to the person and no to the task, because there is this concept of sort of workload dumping. Often it's about uh, getting across to the person why you don't feel that this is a task you can take on now, so saying no, but saying that you understand why the person is asking you to do this, so you fully understand their needs, expressing concern that their needs are met, and then offering solutions where possible. So, you know, for example, if a receptionist asks you to do a medical report urgently because the patient is at the desk and getting very aggressive and and wants it right now, so using that empathy, explaining why and why it's not appropriate. um, And explain why you can't perhaps help at the present time despite really wanting to and suggest an alternative plan. Perhaps you could phone the patient later in the day and that'll save you time, give you that space to allow yourself to deal with it at appropriate times and also educate on interruptions and what is appropriate and what isn't. And often right now, given how exhausted everyone is, you know, running through this pandemic and you know, teetering on that edge of burnout where you find yourself becoming more irritable. You know, it is about looking at composing yourself, how you take that break, how you pause before mirroring back any aggression or frustration that you may be getting from patients or colleagues. You know, you are absolutely allowed to express these negative emotions, but just making sure that you do it in a respectful way in a controlled manner uh, you know remembering that uh, you know other people matter we we do look, work in a closed circuit unfortunately there are more and more reports of, of behavior changes amongst especially uh, staff within itu actually um and we don't want this pandemic to affect our long-term relationships
0: how can we address our busy working lives and balance this with our home lives? <laughs>
1: um, so uh, this is obviously something uh, that I, I've had to become accustomed to, um, as we all have. Um, and, and one of the things that I now do, um, given that I have so many uh, sort of webinars, uh in the evenings and meetings, you know, we're having these drop-in sessions with the LMC uh, and, it, and it can affect, you know, your household, your partner, your family, uh, understanding why you get home and then you seem to be doing more work. Um, so the important thing is to consider the extra duties you have, when your most stressful sessions are. So when is that duty session? When is that long day? Uh, When do you have meetings in the middle of the day? Um, Are you doing any extended hours? And how you're going to mitigate in terms of nutrition, exercise, well-being and family time. So again, this constitutes aspects of boundary setting again. Know what's coming up, which evenings you'll have those meetings and inform your family at home. So if you have meetings at lunchtime, will you have food available? Can you ensure that you prep some extra food on Sunday for the week ahead so that you aren't you know, skipping those lunches and you've got something nice to look forward to? And within those tasks in your prioritization grid that are becoming more urgent, what time will you set aside to do those that are at the moment important and not urgent and have time to do them before they become important and urgent? Because that's gonna reduce the stress on you. And essentially, we'll explore this more in the in the third podcast, but it's about adapting the way you work and making sure that again, as we all understand, good clear communication with those so that there isn't this built-up misunderstanding or resentment. And we actually prioritize doing it for the things that are most important in our lives, um, which often cases is our family. You know, we're working for our family to be able to spend time with them and have a good life Um, so we want to make sure that we're remembering that um, and being aware of how we spend that time
2: so thank you to everyone for listening today we've talked about a lot of different things so we started by talking about how to prioritize tasks in the eisenhower matrix we discussed how to delegate effectively We talked about assertiveness and boundary setting within your practice and also how to prepare and be proactive. So thank you so much for listening. And if you're interested in finding out more or organising a workshop for your own workplace, please visit www.theworkwelldoctors.com. And we hope that you enjoy episode three, where we'll be focusing more on how to get the most out of technology as we're trying to balance the fine line between using it and trying to enhance our working lives as opposed to letting it take over. We'll also cover some useful strategies on how to cover your duty doctor sessions and how to manage EMIS and system one.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from Lincolnshire LMC. Check out our website, linkslmc.co.uk or our Twitter or Facebook
2: pages for more information.